You're listening to episode 15 of Brave and Boss, the podcast. On this week's episode, I'm talking all about comparison. This is something that founders and bosses often get sucked into, myself included. And so I'm sharing my best five tips for breaking that comparison cycle and showing yourself that you are the boss and you can achieve all the things that you want in your brand. So let's get into it. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the Ethical Fashion Brand Encircled, host of this podcast, mentor for Marie Forleo's B-School and business coach. I am so excited to be back with you for another episode, and this one's going to be a solo episode. Yay! Thank you for all the repeat listeners joining me, and thank you so, so much if you've done a review. If you are brand new to the podcast, welcome one thing you should know about my podcast is that I keep it super action focused and I like to be really tactical. And this episode will be no exception to that. So I'm really excited to talk about today's topic because it's definitely something more related to mindset, which I've realized as an entrepreneur scaling my business that every time you hit a new level in your business, they say, as they say, new level, new devil. It's actually really true because what I've realized is what got you from zero to let's say $100,000 in revenue, won't get you from $100,000 to $500,000. And once you break that like million dollar mark, will get you from a million to two million to three million or more. You know, these are different things. So you have to constantly be evolving your skill set, your mindset, challenging yourself. You can't just stay the same as a founder. I know that sounds like a lot of pressure, but it's also for a lot of people very exciting because you can always be working on yourself and your own journey as a CEO and boss, which is amazing. But it is a challenge for sure. And the biggest thing that I've noticed is that when I've been a CEO for the last, I guess, eight years, have a team and I need to lead that team, the mindset of the leader at the top will dictate the mindset of the team. So if your mindset is really crappy, then it's going to filter down to the people who work on you, work work on you, work for you. And that's really important because that will limit you as you grow too. So you want to have people who are sharing not only your values, but share a growth mindset in the business. And I've been working on a growth mindset my whole life. I will say that I come from a back, there's two different mindsets in this school of thought. So there's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. The growth mindset is the idea that anything is possible no matter what, essentially in a nutshell. And a fixed mindset is that like there's limits to your growth, but you can't do something if you don't know anything about it. It's definitely a much more narrow way of looking at things. And if you have a fixed mindset, like a completely fixed mindset, I can probably say you're probably don't have one because you're an entrepreneur, but you won't get very far. So it's really important to work on that mindset. And it's progress over perfection when it comes to mindset, because it can really knock you back a few steps when you're working with building a business and you're having little failures, you can definitely get very discouraged. But what's important is to always look for the lesson and look for the growth in those little mistakes and those failures and also celebrating those wins. So on today's episode, I'm talking about comparison because I think comparison is something that creeps in more and more as you start to grow your business. So maybe when you're just starting out and if you're doing maybe under, you know, six figures in revenue a year, 
you know, it's a lot easier to look at other brands and say, oh, well, of course that brand, they're that good because, you know, they have all that money. But as your business grows more and more, you know, it sneaks up beside you because you're going to often see articles where, you know, it'll be like a roundup, for example, you'll be included in a press article with like eight other eight top, you know, skincare brands. And then you'll start to become more aware of who your so-called competitive set is in your brand space. So let's say you're selling candles, you know, maybe there'll be like a roundup of like in like a newspaper or something of like the top local candles. And then you start to see who your comp- competition is. And for a lot of people that can be really motivating. It can also, and I think this is quite normal, fuel up that comparison fear. And what I mean by that is that I think innately as humans, we have a tendency to compare ourselves to others. You know, I think Instagram is notorious for fueling this in in ourselves, but, you know, we'll see somebody else's photos on Instagram and think like, wow, look at that happy family, happy life. When in reality, you know, a couple months later, let's say that family, you go, the parents get divorced or whatever. And you're like, wow, that was shocking. All the photos look like they're having such a great time. But, you know, Instagram, as we know, is not always reality. So the same thing goes with business is that like when you're looking at other brands on on Instagram, let's say, or other founders of brands, you're only seeing like a very specific slice of their life. I would like to say that I have a very real Instagram. My Instagram's at Christy Sumer. Go check it out. Shameless plug. But I try to keep it pretty real on there. Like my posts, my feeds real. My stories are really real. I don't like to hide what's happening in my life and in my business because it's, and not that it's like needs to be public knowledge, but I think more people need to talk about this because founder depression and anxiety is a real issue in entrepreneurship because people are comparing themselves to something that's not actually real. And this happens in personal, as we talked about, but it also happens in business. And in business, it can really set you back, especially if you have a team depending on you, it can really mess with your mind. And then you become distracted by all these other brands. And then, you know, in my personal experience, when I've become distracted by other brands, I start to look at them more. And then I see, oh my God, they're like copying my product. And whether or not they are, some of them actually are, it just becomes a distraction from the focus of my business, if if that makes sense. So why I was inspired to do this episode specifically today is because I was listening to a podcast. It's by the founder of Drybar. I'll link to it in the show notes. I actually don't know the name of the podcast off the top of my head. But anyways, Drybar is a blow dry bar primarily in the US. I don't think it's in Canada actually, but I've used her products. They have a line of products at Sephora and they have a aerosol free hairspray, which for the environmentalists out there, like myself, we love. And they're really great. Actually, the products are quite great, but I haven't been able to actually use her her service yet because it's not in Canada. But anyways, she's got a very, very inspiring story of being like, you know, one of the first, I think she was actually the first blow dry bar before that was like a thing where you didn't, you'd have to go to like a salon for like a blow dry. So anyways, she was interviewing a founder of a really, really big home brand, like one of the startup e-commerce darlings, you know, think sheets and pillows and stuff like that. And she's a solo founder. And I was very excited to listen to the episode because I was like, wow, she's probably worked some magic. Like I can't, I can't wait for all the tips she's going to give me. And this is definitely not a knock on this founder, but I was definitely left the episode like thinking, wow, I'm doing pretty good 
considering what's going on here. So it made me inspired to take some of those lessons through listening to that conversation, my own mindset, my own process for dealing with comparison in business. And the first thing I thought about, I'm going to give you guys five tips here because I, I realized that I think sometimes people compare themselves to Encircled and I'm like, well, you know, we're eight years in. Yeah, I'm paying myself a full-time salary out of Encircled, but I didn't do that for like, you know, two years, maybe even more than that. Actually, I worked two years part-time. So I guess maybe like three years I didn't pay myself out of the business. And then probably only in the last like three, I've taken an actually decent salary. I'm still not paid like a CEO would be, but decent enough. So don't compare yourself. That's number one. But you're, I would love to give that advice and just say, yeah, don't compare yourself. Here's tip one. Don't compare yourself. But that's not realistic. You're going to compare yourself. You are going to do it. And that is okay. So the first thing I want to say is first tip, realize where you are versus them. Literally. So comparing yourself versus your eight of Encircle versus your startup fashion brand that you just started three weeks ago in your living room is not fair. You cannot possibly compare it. There's been years of work that's gone into Encircled. We have a team, even though it's really small. But you have to kind of realize that like, you know, there's this quote that you're like, you can't compare somebody's day like, you know, a hundred to like, your day one. Because oftentimes we have this perception that people or brands are overnight successes when in fact, a lot of them, the majority have been toiling away in the background. Most brands aren't e-commerce VC funded darlings like the brand that I was listening to be interviewed. Most of them kind of toil away, blood, sweat and tears, you know, self-funded, getting credit, debt, all this kind of stuff to get going. You know, not a lot of them have raised $44 million in venture funding. So one of the things I realized when I was listening to the story of this founder, because I'm so impressed by her brand, and I always have been. I remember when she launched, and I was already a couple years into Encircle part-time, and I was like, wow, she just like blew up. And it was so impressive, just like the photos and the graphic design and the business model. Like, it just looks so pro. What I didn't realize is... You know, she talks about it a little bit on the episode, but I went and did a little research, and this is what I suggest. Literally, if you're comparing yourself to somebody, give yourself a time limit, let's say 10 minutes, go on Google and do a little bit of research on that brand's history and see how long they've actually been around. See if you can figure out a little bit more about their story, and that may make you feel a little bit better. Now, don't spend like a day on this. Don't spend like an hour, 10 minutes. Give yourself that 10 minutes because what you need to get into here is the objective. You need to get into the facts, and the facts are when I was listening to this interview and feeling kind of that like envy, like, whoa, why is she so far ahead of us, even though a totally different industry? I realized that she, you know, she talked about how she invested $75,000 in her savings and then how like three months later, she raised a small friends and family round of seed financing. And when I went on Crunchbase, which is a popular tool to look up how much somebody's raised, she'd actually raised $800,000, which to me is not small. And then literally, I think like a year or two later, she raised $5 million in venture funding. And then as I mentioned, total to date is like $44 million. So here I am at Encircled, and we've raised like one small angel round that was like basically an eighth of her seed round. 
you know, so we're doing pretty damn good. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> so I find that tip helpful because like, if I went and compared myself to like Everlane, like in Circle versus Everlane, Everlane's also raised about 50 million or 60 million in venture funding. It's not even comparison. Like, it's not like they started from his living room floor. Like that is just not the story about Michael Pyersman or whatever his name is, who started Everlane. He started with the money. And that's a very different scenario than, you know, if you're running a skincare brand and you started it in your kitchen versus like Glossier. Like you can't possibly compare yourself. It's just not fair. It's like they have a very unfair advantage. So, and that's fine for them. I'm happy they were able to do that. And hopefully that brings more funding towards other female founders and stuff like that. But, you know, it's definitely a very specific niche of people who can raise 800 grand in a friends and family round. Like, I don't think even I come from a pretty good background, middle upper class background, and I don't think I could raise that kind of money. So, you know, don't compare yourself to these people in that way, because it's just not fair. You're not, you're comparing apples and oranges. So give yourself some credit on that. So, okay, my next tip is to keep your eyes on your own page. So I love being inspired by other brands. I actually personally try to stay away from following other apparel brands because I find that most distracting. However, I do get targeted by ads all the time, obviously being in the ethical space. So I see a lot of them pop up on my Instagram feed and it is freaking distracting because I'll be like, oh my gosh, there's a product that we launched and they're copying it or like, oh, I like their ad or wow, they look like they're doing so much better. So the more you can like prevent that, I think the better. I like taking inspiration from other categories. That's something I like to do. So, you know, I'll look at a website, for example, of the sheep brand and I'll be like, wow, look at how they did that. That's kind of cool. But I try to stay out of my own category because again, it can be very distracting and I find it hampers your creativity. So if you're making like, you know, pottery or something like that, or, you know, plant pots, like stop following plant pot brands. Don't do it. It's not good. You know, what? what's going to happen is it's going to like infiltrate your mind. And then when you're designing a product, inadvertently, you're going to start designing something like that product. I've seen it happen for other brands who copy me and then I think they're copying me and then they've actually just like followed me and then thought they had that idea. It just like rubs off on you. So eyes on your own page, on your own paper, as your teacher would say in high school or college, try to just not do that. The exception is I do find, and if you guys have taken my email marketing masterclass, if not, it's now on Teachable. I'll put the link in the show notes. One thing I talk about a little bit more in marketing execution is that if you can get to the place where you're not going to be super distracted by like the product element, looking at like other competitors' newsletters can be helpful, I think. There's some great websites that have like roundups of stuff like that. So then you can just like have a quick peek at people's newsletters, see what kind of formatting they're using or Facebook ads, stuff like that. But stay away from generally like following too many brands that are close to you. I just think it's going to like distract you from your creative process. Okay, tip three, take what inspiration you can. So get out a notebook anytime you're listening to an interview with another founder and try and see what you can take from that and be inspired from. So from this founder that I was listening to on the podcast, you know, initially I was like, dang, I'm so jealous of her. She's so successful. And then I was like, well, she actually raised a a lot of money. That's completely not the situation I'm in. And then I was like, okay, well, what can I take away 
that she's doing really well that I could work on. And, you know, I think she's done a really good job of communicating quality, even though I don't know what the quality of her product is because I've never tried it. But apparently that's an element. And I think her photography is really spectacular. So I was like, okay, maybe that's something I need to look into. Maybe I need to up my game photography. And then the other thing she was talking about, which I thought was super interesting, was retail, which right now, obviously, during these times is a little controversial, but it actually made me think about how important the retail store is functionally. So that actually inspired me to think a little bit differently about a retail bricks and mortar store and what role that could play in my business in the future. So try and take away what you can from these you know, podcasts or interviews or whatever you're listening to or, or Instagram pages, like look at what they're doing and see how you can take that yourself, but don't get sucked into it. And again, try and stay out of your own category. Just, you know, go to other categories and see what they're doing. All right. Tip number four, celebrate the wins that you do get. So this is when you're feeling like you're getting a case of major comparisonitis, as I call it, try and focus on what's working and what's what you're grateful for in your business, in your life. I always put up a thread in our Brave and Boss Entrepreneurs group to celebrate your weekly wins because I think that's super important. There's just so much as an entrepreneur that feels like, and many times it feels like you're running up a hill of gravel. So you're like running up a bit and then you slide back down and then you run up a bit farther and you slide back down. So that's why it's really important to take those small things that have happened that you're really proud of. Even if they're little, they can be so, so little, make a list of them. Whether it's if you're good enough, do it daily. If you can't try weekly, if you really struggle with that, do it monthly. If you can remember what happened for the month, I applaud you. But try and celebrate a few things. It could be, you know, I hired a new graphic designer. It could be I finally posted on Instagram every day. It doesn't freaking matter. Just celebrate stuff that you're doing because the point is that you want to get some positive momentum behind your business because when you're feeling like less than somebody else and in that state of comparison, it can really take a hit on your self-esteem, which will impact your business. So you want to really pump your tires at this point. Okay, my fifth and final tip is to embrace the vision and set goals. So anytime we're sucked into comparison, like I talked about, like, what can you take from that comparison? Like, like I talked about this founder, uh, photography was really spectacular. So like, what could be a goal of mine that I could create out of that? Like, would it be to do, you know, you can sit there and say, okay, I love her photography. That's great. But if you don't do anything with it, it's pretty useless. So one of the things that I preach about a lot in this podcast is setting good goals. So the thing I would say is coming out of comparisonitis is set goals. So if I've now said that that person's photography is spectacular, I can say, okay, my goal is by the end of 2021 to improve our photography. And here is how I'm going to get there. I'm going to try and do, you know, one lifestyle shoot a quarter with an outsourced photographer. I'm going to try and, you know, give some training to our internal photographer. I'm going to try and buy a new lens or a camera and I'm going to make a budget for it. So take some of the, that inspiration you got from those other brands, like what you could take away from them and actually create goals around them, and then put action steps underneath it. That will really help get you out of that because when you're stuck in that like paralyzing comparison, what you need is momentum and you need action. So once you have that action going and you're taking these steps, then that will pull you out of it. The other thing I can say is 
embrace the vision. So, you know, if there's something that you're feeling like you're missing in your business, or, you know, you've been sucked down that train of comparison and you're like, oh my gosh, look at that founder. She's in the Hamptons at her beach house, you know, blah, blah, blah. She drives a Range Rover. I don't know, whatever, whatever it is that you're seeing in somebody that you admire. Make a vision for you to have that. So one of my favorite activities that I've ever done is vision boarding. I know some people find this super cheesy and I fell off of it last year completely. But a few years ago, I created a vision board. Actually, I will say like five years ago, I started this and I actually cut out magazines, super old school, to do it on a piece of Bristol board. And a lot of that stuff actually came true. Now, a couple years ago, I did it and same process. I actually went to a workshop on it and I don't even know where that went. I did not activate on that. But what I actually ended up doing a couple years ago was making one in, I made it in Canva and then I turned it into my desktop background. Now I'm going to do that probably today. Actually, that's one of my Saturday night activities that I'm going to do, but make a vision. So if you're seeing that founder and you're feeling jealous in comparison, because like they've got this amazing beach house and they only work four days a week, well, make that your vision because you're obviously attracted to it for a reason. So instead of sitting there and saying, damn, I'm just going to sit here and eat some popcorn, scroll on Instagram and feel bad about myself, create a vision around what you want that they have. So you know, I can think about like for me, for sure, I want like a four day work week eventually. I'd love that. I'd love to sell my business at some point. I'd love like a really beautiful loft, maybe just a loft full of golden doodles. <laughs> Sorry, Harlo. Might want another dog someday. You know, whatever it is that you're seeing in people or brands or whatever that you follow that you feel drawn towards, maybe that's because you want it as part of your vision. So instead of just like sitting there mulling in it, make it real. So create your Canva vision board. I love doing that. I'll go on like Pinterest or like Google images and clip images and just put them on there. Side note, don't do that. And then like post it on social or something like that, because that's copyright infringement. But if you're just using it in Canva for your own personal use, I think that's okay. I am not a lawyer though. So if you're worried, check with your lawyer. But I do think that's like having something you can look at every day that reminds you of your goals. That is like super pro. I was listening to a podcast the other day and Rob Dial podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes. He's like a mindset mentor. And he was talking about the successful habits of like really extremely successful people. There was a study he shared that of about a Harvard like I think it was Harvard Business School class and they followed them for like 10 years after they graduated from business school and the 5% of the class or something that had set goals were actually more successful than 95% of the class and had like three times the wealth. So goal setting really matters because you need something to shoot for, but you also need to have a greater vision. So if your vision is, okay, I'm going to make like $100,000 this year, that's not big enough. I want you to think bigger. I want you to think like, you know, five to 10 years out, like, what would this look like? What would your skincare brand look like? Would you be the creative director? Would you be in a beautiful office? Like do that exercise. There's something called The Painted Picture. It's part of a book called Double Double by Cameron Harold. And it's really about becoming really detailed about that vision. And so I encourage you to do that if you're getting stuck in comparisonitis. Like really do that vision board with all the graphics and then write it out what exactly is going to happen. 
And that in itself can just take you out of comparison because you're going to be like, wow, look at all these great things I'm achieving and trying to get for. I'm not even focused on this betting brand anymore. I'm focused on my vision board. So that's my five tips for getting out of that comparison mode. So number one, realize where you truly are at versus them. Make sure that you're making a fair comparison if you are comparing. Number two, eyes on your own page. Try to stay out of following people in your category. Three, if you do find yourself comparing, take what you can from that and find inspiration in it. Make notes, see if you can have some key takeaways that you could apply to your business. Number four, celebrate the wins that you do have in your business. You're doing great things. Use that to create some positive momentum. And number five, embrace the vision and set goals. If you have a clear and high, big, lofty vision for your business, you won't be as distracted by other people along the way. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And just a reminder, if you have never rated and reviewed the podcast, I'd appreciate it if you just tap on Apple Podcasts, five stars, if you love it. That just helps me get seen by more entrepreneurs and grow this podcast, which I love creating for you guys. If you haven't checked out my website, it's at christysumer.com. I've got some courses up there if you're interested in extending your learning on e-commerce and getting to know me more as a coach. All right, take care and have an awesome day. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com where you can find all the show notes, free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.